Welcome to the Adopting Joy podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Joy Ryan. It's my passionate mission to share inspirational insights, actionable tips, tools, and techniques that you can apply immediately so you can create your best life. Sample topics include dealing with difficult people, how to get motivated and stay motivated, and transforming your struggles into success. If you're looking to create a more free and fulfilling life filled with greater happiness, health, and healing, you've come to the right place. My goal is to help you love your life. It's one of the secrets to adopting joy. Welcome to episode seven of the Adopting Joy show. I'm your host, Colleen Ryan, and this episode is on how you can get motivated and stay motivated. (laughs) Definitely a topic that we can all use. And I want to talk to you about being your best self. I talked in a previous episode about, you know, only compete with yourself. Um, So not competing with or comparing yourself to anyone else, but being outstanding and being exemplary. Whether you're a business owner, you work for someone else, or you just want some personal growth tips. I like the quote by Anthony Charles Richards. He said, don't be fooled by the calendar. There are only as many days in the year as you make use of. One man gets only a week's value out of a year, while another man gets a full year's value out of a week. So how do you make the most of the days in your year? So I've got about 13 tips here, and then I'm going to go into um, some more detail on how to be exemplary. So let's start with the 13 tips on how you can get motivated and stay motivated. Number one, practice patient persistence. (laughs) Yeah, say that fast 10 times. (laughs) Practice patient persistence. If you're a manager, business owner, salesperson, or even someone doing volunteer work requiring you to contact people, let's say for fundraising, it's easy to get discouraged at times and not easy to face the fear of rejection. And I know this all too well because even though I'm a business owner now and I am a public speaker, I speak at conferences, conventions, um, I'm a confidence and motivational coach. So I'm, I'm technically in sales, but I was in sales for years and I was the number one sales rep in the history of the company 
out of um, about 180 sales reps in the U.S. and Canada for a major publishing company. And I say that not to brag, but to let you know that even though I had some outstanding years, it could still be easy to get discouraged, you know, if, if I wasn't careful. And I really had to face the fear of rejection because even when you're really good at sales, you know, the odds, the odds are you're still going to have rejection. And really, you're still going to have rejection in life, right? No matter what. So when you at least make that phone call or send that email or send that text, there's a chance for success. On the other hand, when you don't do anything, there isn't a possibility for anything good to happen. Why? Because it's easy for them to say no to nobody. And that's something that I remember from my sales years. And and I've remembered it all these years later. One of my managers, I remember her saying, you know, make sure you call on people, um, you know, call them, send them things. Because if you don't show up, it's easy to say no to no one. So be patient knowing it may take time to see results, but be persistent in going after your goals. Even if it's an individual goal that doesn't involve you calling or emailing anyone. For example, I have a lot of people ask me about um, fitness goals and weight goals and how do you get and stay motivated. And, you know, one of the things that I tell people in my coaching sessions and in my speaking is um, just be persistent, keep at it, don't give up, even small baby steps compounded daily, add up. I talked about this in another um, episode, an earlier episode. I think it was how to overcome procrastination. But at the same time, be persistent. Be persistent and be diligent, but at the same time, be patient because you're not going to see instant results. And if you're not patient, it's too easy to give up. So you need the persistence, but you also need the patience. And sometimes the person that you really need the patience with is yourself. Number two, a second way to get motivated and stay motivated. Number two, don't wait for just the right time when everything is perfect before you take action. The time may never be perfect. Yet there are big payoffs if you can figure out how to get over the fear of failure and push ahead, push through. Many of the speaking engagements and coaching opportunities I've secured over the years have been because I continued to follow up. And usually what I would do is um, I would write down early in the morning my must-do-today list, and I would write out the things that I had to do that day. And I would put the people's names and phone numbers or email addresses um, in that list of people that I had to follow up with. And if you write it down, you're much more likely to follow through, especially if you can write down the time 
that you're going to do it, you know, maybe nine o'clock in the morning. Sometimes you don't have the luxury because you have interruptions, emergencies that come up. So if you could even put, uh, you know, call so-and-so, you know, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., write it down and commit that you're going to do it in that time frame. Because if you don't, you're really only hurting yourself. So don't wait for the right time when everything is perfect before you take action, because there will never be a perfect time. And I know too that with following up on things, that can mean rejection and overcoming the fear of failure. And I think what I'm going to do down the road is I'm going to do a podcast episode on rejecting rejection and overcoming the fear of failure, because that's something that affects all of us, including yours truly. Number three, fail forward. Push perfectionism out the door. Whatever it is that you need to do, whatever that thing is or those big things that you don't want to do, it doesn't have to be perfect. And with the limited time you may have to do what you need to do, sometimes good is good enough. Sometimes you've only got a limited amount of time and you just do the best that you can in that amount of time. And here's what I mean by failing forward. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Be willing to look at your shortcomings with a realistic sense of your capabilities. And if you do make a mistake from time to time, and you will, think about what needs to be done differently next time. Or if you need to fix it right away, how can you fix it now this time? So how can you learn from the mistake? I like to say, let go of the mistake, but don't lose the lesson. As long as you're learning, when you fail, you are moving forward. Number four, get up 30 minutes earlier on the days you work and or are exceptionally busy. And I realize that sometimes this is every day, but definitely on the busiest days, get up 30 minutes earlier than you normally would. Do not look at your phone during this time or you will be stressed before you even start your day. So don't look at your phone for those first 30 minutes or you're going to get stressed out and caught up in all the emails. Spend some time reading inspirational or motivational literature uh, during these 30 minutes. Also during this time, make a list of your must-dos for the day. I call it my must-do today list. Ideally, come up with three main must-dos. Now, I realize you're going to have a lot more than that. You, You might have seven, but come up with probably your key three must-dos for the day. Write those down 
and write them down somewhere where you will see them all day and look at them throughout the day until they're done. So the point within these 30 minutes is to get centered, have some you time, and be in the right frame of mind before your day begins. You'll be amazed what 30 minutes can do in terms of spending quiet time by yourself. I do this Monday through Friday. And this time of year, um, I've just started to turn the fireplace on. And with my coffee, it's glorious. Emphasis on coffee. (laughs) Sitting with coffee by the fire and just um, spending some time and motivate uh, in meditation, you know, reading, making your, your list, prayer, whatever works for you. By the time I leave the house and see all the fall trees with, with the leaves that right now are deep red, bright orange and yellow, I'm already in a better place to enjoy the day and be grateful for the spectacular scenery. And I will be the first to tell you, I am not a morning person. I am definitely a night owl. I do not like getting up early, but getting up 30 minutes earlier than I normally would has made all the difference in the world. Number five, get enough R&R. Get enough rest and relaxation. Many studies have shown that rest, at least six or seven hours of sleep per night, is important for your brain, not to mention just for your emotional well-being and feeling better physically. Now, I realize many of us get far less than that, but try not to make it a habit, It's a lot different if you've got a newborn or you're in a line of work where it's seasonal and some nights are almost sleepless. So I I get that. Just make sure that all this loss of sleep is temporary because study after study after study shows just how important Sleep and rest and relaxation really are. So a lot of the information that I like to give, this is based on actual research. And I can attest to sleep being important because a while back, I was finishing up um, the details on my upcoming book, Adopting Joy. And I was working until 1.30, sometimes 3.30 in the morning. After a while, I became less productive and had to cut back. So staying up really late worked for a while, and and it was my passion. It's something that I really enjoy. But after a while, it it had the opposite effect, and I definitely became less productive. So getting enough sleep has made a big difference. Sometimes you need to give yourself a break and relax before you can have a breakthrough. 
And if you're like me, sometimes you you need to have somebody give you permission to do this. So I'm giving you permission to give yourself a break, make sure that you spend some time relaxing and spend some time on self-care. Self-care is not selfish. The better you can care for yourself, the better equipped you will be to care for others. It's kind of like when you're on an airplane and they say, you know, if you're a parent, put on your own oxygen mask first so that then you can help your child. Number six, arrive five to 10 minutes early for appointments and meetings. It doesn't matter if it's a business appointment, a doctor's appointment, or some other type of meeting. When you plan ahead to arrive early, your heart and mind aren't racing at the mercy of construction, traffic lights, fog, and clement weather. Now, you and I have both been there where we're running late You're supposed to be going to a meeting or an appointment. You're running late. And of course, all the traffic lights turn red or there's construction. So I just find that by planning to arrive early, no matter where I'm going, and I am not by nature um, an early person, but I find that I am so much less stressed. And then when I do get there, I can do a little bit of work because I've gotten there early. And it just makes such a difference. You, you will be a lot more relaxed by getting someplace early. Number seven, focus single-mindedly on one task until it's complete. And here's what I mean by that. How many times have you worked on 10 projects, let's say, throughout the day, multitasking? And as you know, multitasking doesn't really work. I mean, we all have to do it. But studies show that when you do multitask, usually certain things are going a little bit by the wayside because they're not being given the time they deserve. So we all have to do this. But when you can, focus single-mindedly on that one task because it's so easy to focus on 10 projects throughout the day. We're multitasking. But at the end of the day, you don't feel like you've finished anything. Because maybe you did work on 10 projects, but you didn't cross off any from the list. So when you drive home or you take the train home, do you feel as if you've accomplished nothing? Yes, sometimes you feel that way. So instead, make it a habit to finish at least one key project, one key task. Now, you'll probably finish more than one, but this way you can cross something off your list. You'll feel freer and more focused the rest of the day. Start out small. You know, if you just want to wake up and when you're at work, feel like you accomplished, you know, something, start out small. Start out with a task or a project that's easy for you to finish, maybe something mindless. I had um, a manager in one of my seminars say that um, 
sometimes she'll come into the office and maybe the first thing she'll do is her expense report. Because for her, the expense report is easy, it's mindless, and it doesn't take very long. So maybe start and at least accomplish one small thing just to give yourself a small win. Okay, here is a big one for our, for especially getting motivated. Number eight, don't overthink it. Whatever the it is for you that you're procrastinating, just start. Start. If you have to, do it afraid because over analysis leads to paralysis. The more you think about it, the more you won't even get started. Studies show the hardest part is getting started. Once you get started, you're on a roll. And you've been in these situations. You know, maybe you're at home and it's a Saturday morning and you say, okay, I'm going to start cleaning out and organizing the garage. I'm I'm not going to do the whole thing, but I'm just going to spend a half hour organizing the garage. And then let's say you've got other things you're going to, to do. Have you ever noticed once you get started, you're on a roll and then you're like, okay, well, now that I'm on a roll, I might as well keep going. And then sometimes you keep going and you feel good. You feel proud of yourself because you accomplished what you set out to do, maybe even more. And now you're saying, well, you know, I got that done. Maybe I'll do some vacuuming. As a matter of fact, while I'm vacuuming, maybe I'll throw in a lot, of, a load of laundry. So the hardest part is getting started, but I cannot emphasize enough. Don't overthink it. Number nine, follow your dream. Keep following your dream no matter what. If there's something you really want to do and someone has discouraged you and told you to, let's say, ditch it, do it anyway. As, as a matter of fact, you may wish to have people discourage you because that may be the fuel you need to move forward to prove them wrong. And I've actually had people say that, that one of the biggest motivators was people discouraging them or people who were rude to them, who didn't think they could do it. I did a previous episode uh, where I interviewed filmmaker Caden Butera, and he talks about uh, the discouragement that he received when he was starting out his career and how he turned it around to use it as fuel to move forward. So when someone discourages you, I like to think of it as an irreversible jacket. You know, there's the one side of the jacket, but if you flip it around, if you turn it inside out, you see it differently. You see it in a whole new light. That reversible jacket or reversible coat has a new use. So think of it the same way. When someone's discouraging toward you, Turn it around and use it as something to propel you forward. By the way, even if right now your dream is something you do on a, a part-time ba- basis, maybe it's a side business or maybe it's building your dream home, whatever it is, don't give up. 
keep at it, keep knocking, keep moving. Otherwise, resentment will build and you'll build resentment most toward the people who discouraged you if you let them discourage you. Speaking of resentment, I love the quote by (laughs) the late actor Carrie Fisher. She said, resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So move forward, follow your dream, because if you let those discouragers discourage you, the resentment will build, but it will only hurt you. Which brings me to number 10. If you're feeling blue, if you're in a blue funk and you're just stuck, start the day writing in a journal. So during those 30 minutes, along with reading something inspirational or motivational with your coffee or your tea, spend time writing out everything you're feeling. What are your fears? What, if anything, are you angry or resentful about? Get it out because writing is very physical. It's very cathartic and it is a great way of getting everything out of your system. And it's a wonderful way of getting things out, things that you would like to say that you never could say. So I like to say, spill your guts out on paper. (laughs) No one will ever see this, so it doesn't matter. I journal almost every morning, and it is the greatest tool for literally getting things out of your system and spilled out on paper. You'll be far more productive the rest of the day. Why? because you got your feelings out, but you also saw it on paper. You saw what is ailing you because you wanna go back and read it. So you'll see what is really bothering you. And I find that on some days, it's just pure fear. Many times unfounded fear, but in my mind, fear Nonetheless, I'll be terrified of something that I have to do. Usually it's something new or unfamiliar, um, like let's say learning more technology. I find just getting it out on paper shows me what's really going on. This is a terrific tool for acknowledging your feelings because I do believe in acknowledging your feelings and then figuring out how you're going to move on. Like making sure you write down your must do today list. Number 11, if nothing is helping you feel better in beating the blues, consider professional help. Thankfully, things today are out in the open. People talk about things. It's perfectly okay to seek help from a licensed therapist. Almost everybody I know at some point or another has sought professional help, including myself. So don't just have a gym for the body, but consider having one for your mind. Number 12, 
This is probably one of my favorites. Get outdoors. Even if it's five minutes in the morning or 10 minutes somewhere else in your day, getting outdoors is a mood booster. Studies have shown that it will help you increase productivity. It helps to increase those endorphins, the feel-good hormones in your brain. And studies have also shown that when you get outdoors, it helps to increase your confidence and body image, things that are all important. 13, practice gratitude. Every morning, write down 10 things you are grateful for. Studies show this can actually change your brain chemistry and provide you with a more positive perspective. For example, have you ever noticed how the more grateful you are for what you have, the more things show up in your life to be grateful for? I have absolutely noticed that. And sometimes I'll get into uh, negative thinking or I'll have a pity party. Sometimes what can trigger it is the, um, the weather. As much as I actually love cloudy days, it can get pretty gray up here in the Northwest. And so sometimes I'll just, I'll just notice that maybe my thinking isn't as positive as it could be because I'll wake up and it's gray. And as soon as I start to think about everything I have to be grateful for, there are just more things that come into my mind to be grateful for. And it really changes your mood, your perspective. And studies have shown it actually changes, changes as I said, your brain chemistry. Start with even the simplest things that we take for granted. For example, your eyesight. You know, most of us, we're, we're very thankful because we're very great. We're, we're very um, fortunate because for most of us, we have our eyesight, the use of our arms and legs, our hearing, the ability to breathe freely, Recently, I was at um, I was at a supermarket up here where I live, and I had practiced this exercise earlier um, for for being gratitude and I you know for being grateful, and I was just in a, a really good mood in this supermarket, and there was a gentleman in a wheelchair with no legs. And it really stopped me in my tracks and made me realize that, you know, whatever little problems I may have are nothing compared to losing limbs. Lastly, I'd like to give you an acronym for how to be exemplary, how to be outstanding. Since a big part of motivation is being the best person that we can be. And I love acronyms because they're easy to remember. So here's one that I came up with for the word exemplary. And this is something that all of us can use because all of us to some degree are a role model to somebody, whether it's wanting to be an effective 
role model for your spouse, your significant other, um, your children, people that you work with, your friends. So exemplary. The E, enthusiasm. You need to be enthusiastic about something before you can expect others to be. If you're selling a product or service, make sure you are truly sold on it. And I can attest to this. The late Zig Ziglar said that the last four letters of enthusiasm stand for I am sold myself. The I-A-S-M, I am sold myself. And think about the last person who sold you a product or a service. Most likely, you could tell that they were genuinely sold on it. And they were probably trying to help you from the standpoint of educating you or teaching you about that product. So it begins with enthusiasm. You could also call it passion. The X in exemplary, extra mile. Okay, well, I removed the E. (laughs) So extra mile. Whether you work for someone else, are in business for yourself, or simply tending to others, always go the extra mile in giving people more than they were expecting. Think back to when someone surprised you with a boner, uh, (laughs) that was a slip. (laughs) Think back to when someone surprised you with a bonus baker's dozen. Yeah, say that fast 11 times, a bonus baker's dozen. So 13, think back to when somebody surprised you with giving you 13 of something, let's say at at a bakery, Instead of 12, they gave you 13 or just something extra that you weren't expecting. So here's an example. Recently, as I was leaving the dentist's office just for my standard um, six-month cleaning, they presented me with six fast food restaurant gift certificates that I could choose from. And that was a nice surprise. Let's face it, most people don't love going to the dentist. Nothing against dentists. I I like dentists, but, you know, we all have that fear of pain. We have that, that fear of the unknown. And to me, it really made them stand out. I guarantee that nowadays, especially if you're in sales or in business for yourself, going the extra mile will make you stand out. Give without expectation of receiving anything. It's a wonderful feeling. And as the saying goes, it's lonely along the extra mile because a lot of people aren't doing it. The E, encourage others. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I grew up with a narcissistic, that's putting it mildly, highly critical father who rarely said anything positive to me. It was nonstop criticism. And as I talked about, I think in my first episode, um, even at the end of his life, the last two and a half years, I reached out three times in different ways and he never reached out. So the world has enough critics. 
So when it's appropriate and sincere, edify and lift others up. Be an encourager. It's something that I love to do on social media. If I see a picture that I really like, or maybe I really like, um, you know, somebody's quote of the day, whatever it might be, I enjoy liking it. And then sometimes leaving a comment because I just think it, it makes for someone to have a nice day. You know, you, you never know when you are the only positive person they encounter all day. Or, or maybe they're just having a bad day and you just make it that much better for them. So be an encourager. I think it was David Willis who said, be an encourager. The world has plenty of critics. The M in exemplary. Okay, this is, this is sometimes a hard one. <laughs> Manage your emotions and your mouth. I talk about this a lot in my seminars and keynotes on emotional intelligence and self-awareness, otherwise known as self-control. Be careful what you say. Once those words are out, they're hard to take away. You've been in situations where someone said something mean to you or just knew how to press your buttons and verbally zinged you. And without thinking, what did you do? You zinged them back. Did you notice how just as those words were out of your mouth, you wished you could take them back? Of course, we've all been there. Not only that, but by letting them, especially if this is an antagonist, by letting them ruffle your feathers and rattle your cage, you give them the control. So especially be careful with how you react, what you say, and what you put into writing with a difficult person, because some people, they, they love to fan the flames. I call these people the, the pot stirs. They just have that desire for dissension. So manage your mouth. The P, problem solve. People love problem solvers, not chronic complainers. When I was conducting research for my business book, Secrets Your Boss Isn't Telling You, I conducted in-depth conversations with approximately 200 managers, supervisors, human resources people, and a handful of CEOs. I think about maybe about 10 or so CEOs. And one thing I noticed with all of these people, one of their biggest pet peeves with their employees is the negativist. Someone who only presents problems and doesn't want or doesn't come up with solutions. Additionally, sometimes you help people solve their own problems by actively listening to them. So sometimes the best thing you can do is not solve the problem for them, but listen and ask questions. The L, let go. Do what you can to let go of things you cannot control. 
We all know to do this, but it's easier said than done. Do acknowledge your feelings, deal with them. For example, writing in a journal is is one way. You can either burn what you've written, (laughs) you can shred it, you know, do whatever you want, but acknowledge the feelings, deal with them, then move on. So let go. The A, accountability. Before you hold others accountable, whether you're a leader, a parent, or a business owner, or maybe you're all of the above, hold yourself accountable first. Maybe even ask others to help hold you accountable. I'm pretty sure that when I did the uh, episode on how to overcome procrastination, I think I talked about having an accountability partner where you kind of hold each other's feet to the fire in making sure that you accomplish what you set out to accomplish. So I go into that in more detail. The R, responsibility. Take responsibility for your actions. This is similar to accountability in that you're taking ownership. That includes owning up to your mistakes. Be proactive. If you look at the word responsibility, you could also spell it response-ability. Having the ability to respond. So whenever I see responsibility, I think response-ability. The why in exemplary, yield to others. Be flexible, choose your battles. Now, you and I both know you won't always get what you want, but would you rather be right or happy? Well, sometimes you keep the peace by compromising and yielding to others. So yield to others and choose your battles. What's, what's really important and what's not so important? In closing, I'll end with two quotes that I really like that I think uh, they help me and I think they'll help you with getting and staying motivated. Jim Rohn said, don't let your learning lead to knowledge. Let your learning lead to action. So the key is to take this information and after listening to this podcast, what is at least one takeaway that you can put into action right away and write it down. By the way, contact me, write me, and let, let me know how this is working for you. Let me, let me know which of these action steps you have taken. You can find me on Instagram at adoptingjoy underscore, adoptingjoy and then the underscore symbol. The other quote that I like is by Josh Billings. He said, be like a postage stamp. Stick to one thing until you get there. So be persistent. Strive to be exemplary. Be a successful role model for your kids 
your community, and others in general. It's one of the secrets to adopting joy. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Adopting Joy podcast. Share it with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at adoptingjoy underscore. That's adoptingjoy and the underscore symbol on Twitter at adoptingjoy. And I'm also on Facebook at Colleen Joy Ryan. Colleen Joy Ryan. Thank you.